0: Good afternoon. Welcome to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Tony Lynn Collins and Cheryl Ellsworth-Jahani. We are here every Tuesday on 106.1 and 104.5. And also you can uh, listen to us live on Facebook, The Legal Connection. And we are here to talk about legal topics. We are both two licensed Texas attorneys and um we're here today we're going to be talking about expert witnesses which i think is a really interesting topic yeah and i
1: might add we were going to do inverse condemnation but we are going to do that next week and it's a very very important topic because it has to do with flooding which we have a lot of in montgomery county Oh, yeah, and whether the government is responsible for that and if they are you may have an inverse condemnation claim. And they, in the past, they have been almost unheard of. You couldn't claim them for situations with flooding where the government might be um, uh, uh, responsible. But uh, now the... Uh, since the oh, thank you, <laughs> mom
0: was doing that too. He had to fix now,
1: it now. Uh, there was just a ruling at the end of December in the federal court saying that the government was responsible for the attic dam flooding. And um, if they open up the floodgates, and you get flooded because of that, because right? Um, and we have a lot of we have the San Jacinto River, and we have many, many um uh, watersheds here in Montgomery County, and it could be that the government is at fault. And no one knew that when that happened. They thought it was just because of the rain. So um, the the, the, the Chinese, No one knew
0: that they opened these watersheds no, and no. flooded and the homes? And they didn't know that
1: the government was responsible for the flooding because of other things that the government did. Uh, and the city and the county and the state and different... And the San Jacinto River Authority, these different... Right. You may have a case against uh, a, a government entity. And it doesn't go just toward flooding. It goes toward... Uh, gas utility companies, electric companies, uh, any sort of public utility, if they have come onto to your property and taken it because they say they can, or if they do and they don't tell you that's uh, they haven't gone through the proper eminent domain proceeding, which most of the time they don't I right. say most of the time that's a that's a real stretch. I would say that they uh, the, the, that I, I don't know the statistics on it, but I do know that. Because of the recent flooding of Harvey, Mm -hmm. Um, there was a big, uh, a lot of my friends came to me and I said, no way, I'm not going to represent you on an inverse condemnation. I just don't see how you can win. It's going to be too difficult to prove. And they ended up winning in federal court that they didn't get dismissed. Uh, on the various reasons that the government with all their top expensive lawyers had. And it's moving forward. And that was just at the end of the month, uh, you know, a few weeks ago. Wow! Uh, So we wanted to cover that in a lot of detail because we have a lot of uh, listeners that may be affected by flooding are public utilities taking their land coming on and putting massive gas plants on it a a a cable company putting a tower infringing Mm -hmm. upon your property Mm -hmm. they owe you for that by the constitution and so we're going to go i've got into a little bit but that's to kind of you know wet your whistle a little bit so you
0: can go forward and know whether or not yeah you have a claim Mm -hmm. okay so that's going to be our topic for next week this week we are talking about expert witnesses um The Federal Rule of Evidence 702 defines an expert to be an individual whose knowledge, skill, experience, training, or education will help the trier of fact, the jury or Mm -hmm. a judge that's Mm -hmm. in a bench trial, will help the trier of fact to understand the evidence or to determine a fact issue. So I wanted to talk about that definition first, so... Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it's good for the listeners to kinda <laughs> know. For, where well, we're it's started. important to know why
1: we need expert witnesses, but also you you referenced the federal rule and the state rule is uh, is pretty similar. So we're going to be talking about the state and the federal rules in general here about why expert witnesses are necessary. And we were talking earlier, and I thought it was just so that we won't people won't fall over in a you know a dead. I'm so bored with this kind of thing. Why is it important? We were talking before we got, we got on the show about. Our own experience with uh, our clients and the need for expert witnesses, right. and what they expect, and um, and you were telling me about uh, you had a situation. So uh, tell tell our listeners about that. Well, it's just a
0: uh, uh, it's a corporate case. It's a breach of fiduciary duty and conversion and statutory theft case where uh, someone came in and well, there were business partners uh, that were owned. Three people, two one man and one woman that were married to each mm-hmm. other, and then a third party, mm-hmm. a friend. They started a corporation. Mm-hmm. The man and woman went through a divorce, mm-hmm. and so the third party friend just basically took over the company. He seized the moment, took
1: advantage of a situation where he knew that the other two parties were arguing, and they were both kinda, uh, uh, kind of, kind of coming, getting up, you know, kind of schmoozing up to him because they needed them for a different case or divorce case, mm-hmm. and he took advantage of them mm-hmm. by slowly uh, stealing the money away like I'm your friend to one and I'm your friend to the other mm-hmm. and was committing fraud. Mm-hmm. He was a very bad person. He was the devil. Mm-hmm. He had That's the reason we pray the St. Michael prayer because of these little demons getting people and they mean well because you've partnered up with them just like, just like your 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 husband's a lot of times, or your ex husband, which reminds me. And I don't want to go off on a tangent, but did you read in the paper this weekend where um, this lady that um, she was going through a divorce with her husband over? I think in the spring area, um, and uh, he uh, they'd been married for you know over forty years. Mm. Did you know what she, uh, case I am talking about? Mm-mm. Okay, well let me just finish because it goes to this uh, to some extent. Um, she. Uh, They were going through a divorce. They were separated. Real nice house. He was going to come over and pick up some of his stuff. Pretty standard. Right. But he showed up. She was 68, or is 68, and he was 66. Kind of give you a little foreshadowing what happened. And um, he came over to get his stuff in his girlfriend's car. Um. But he also had planned to go to lunch with his estranged wife. So she's probably thinking... Oh, we're gonna talk, and we're still good. We were married for so long, right? But I'm sure his his younger girlfriend and her new hot wide car that he's driving up in. When the wife saw this, she, as they say, snapped. I believe I don't know. I'm not her attorney. I'm only reading this in the paper, so I don't have right. any insight on it. But, um, but she, um, she, when he came in, th- he confronted her to get his stuff, and she admits she was mad about it. And, um, and then they got in a fight, and she was threatening him, I guess, so that he would maybe, you know, I don't know what she was thinking, but she said she had a temper. And she shot him in the stomach, and he died. Oh, God! <laughs> and why does that lead to our expert? What is it? Because it goes toward... Um, when you believe that, you know, somebody very well and when you're married to them or you're in partnership with them for many years that you have so much trust with this person and then suddenly you're done wrong and that trust goes out the window. There's a lot of emotion involved. You cannot believe that this person that you had this much, this strong of a relationship with, it's such a strong trust, which is the most important thing in life is trust with somebody. So they would do that. That's when things, when things go wrong. And they, they, they stab you in the back and they dupe you or they do something that's not in line with what you believe. Then it can get violent. It can get things that you don't expect to happen happen, right. like what happened this week with this woman. And I'm sure this is what happened in the case that you had. These two people were married, They had a really good friend, They started a business. Mm-hmm. The trust went down the tubes. And then this guy got possessed by the devil. <laughs> or and maybe just took was. over
0: and took over and started seized the moment.
1: And, um, and then with their good graces, because they weren't watching because they trusted him he went about the business of stealing everything by i think transferring stock without he telling did
0: them. into other companies and then pretending
1: like the stock was worthless exactly. after he transferred it saying the company stock that he that's because he was shifting assets which happens in divorce and a a corporation and a partnership is not unlike a marriage right that is the way the court sees it you got into bed with them you did a deal with them then you have to, to live with what you've got. And that's what we have here. And that's why... I needed the expert. We need an expert because the expert, unlike lay witnesses, is a... Um, and I'm just going to throw this out here. Mm-hmm. Attorneys and parties parties do not get to choose their lay witnesses or their parties, for that matter. You get to choose who you can go to corporation with, but you don't get to pick who your witnesses are, who your fact witnesses are. Right, who saw what um, and
0: th- all of that. The
1: fact witnesses will be the people who happen to be on the scene at the time, mm-hmm. who are involved in the case, mm-hmm. who are going to come forward and tell the jury, not hearsay, but what actually happened, what they know. The same is not true for an expert witness. Within the boundaries set by the relevant evidentiary standard. Standards. Lawyers are free to choose their own expert witnesses. And um, the uh, the attorney can emphasize not only that an expert witness's qualifications to discuss key issues, but also choose a witness with strong communication skills and the appropriate demeanor. The bottom line is, you finally get to bring somebody in that doesn't have anything to do with the case, that's going to tell the, the judge, not you can't just bring somebody in to talk about it, they've got to be an expert. They're going to Sway the jury or sway the judge with information that's going to help your your position of case. And the reason we were talking about this is because we have many, many cases that we we banter over with each other as consulting attorneys Mm -hmm. um, on uh, what on on I'm thinking about our different experts, not only what experts we need to use, but how our clients feel about them, and how yes. very expensive they are, right. generally, right? You know, you might be able to get somebody. And that's why I ask my clients, tell me, if you have a friend even though it's not gonna be biased if they're an expert it doesn't matter if they're even your husband or they're an expert because they're not if they're an expert they're not going to taint their profession by saying something that's not right. true right but hopefully but i mean yes but if when your witnesses are are when your clients need an expert and they absolutely have to have an expert in in in, in the situation that they're in they there's money involved and that is where they are thinking they're spending this money and the expert's going to win the case for them and that's simply not the case the expert may be what prevents you from losing the case because the other side has an expert that is going to tell the judge all these wonderful things whether or not they're true or not so you're going to have to to either work with that witness or get your own expert that's going to massage it so yeah, go forward. <laughs> I was talking about it. Because that I'm telling well, but, our, our listeners why experts are important uh-huh. and why and, you can't and, expect paying for an expert to
0: win your case for you. Yes, I, I I think, well, you said that to me a little bit earlier today and I think that's absolutely true. People think when they pay money, they're going to win. Yeah, uh, entitled uh, and to In win. fact, they
1: think when they pay their attorney, they're going to win. Yeah. Yeah. The truth of the matter is the attorney's going to guide you through court and they should evaluate the case before they take the case and it may <sighs> be that you need an attorney one way or the other. But it, it, It's just like my court appointment. Like ah, I need a free willed attorney because the court-appointed is not going to help me. The court-appointed will help you, but the court-appointed is also biased with the judge because the judge has appointed them, and the court-appointed may be a little bit more real than a than a free world attorney, as they say, because the court-appointed is going to say, look, let's just cut to the chase. You're going to lose this case. But I've also seen. You know, 75% of the court appointees, which is really sad, just they've got so many cases, they don't really look at the facts, right. and they're going to run it through. But you don't get a court appointed in a civil case, and that's what we're talking about right now as an expert. You do need experts for your criminal cases. You need a gun expert. You need a psychiatrist. You need a lot of things. but in personal
0: injury cases, too. You need medical experts right. and crash experts. Yes, and you
1: need all kinds of stuff like that. <clears throat> but in a criminal case, you may be able to move for the court to pay for the expert if you have an injured client, Whereas in a civil case, you don't get that beauty. Mm-hmm. There's not going to happen. And um, you've got to also not just pay an expert. Your, your attorney's got to find the right expert, not just some throaty, Well, oh, I've got an expert. Because they may get disqualified because they're not qualified. Or they may not be the exact expert that you need. So um, anyway. That's why I'm trying to make our listeners understand that experts are critically important.
0: All right, and it's important to hire the right expert, right. too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, also, um, how are you going to pay for them? Uh, sometimes <laughs> your your attorney's contracts will cover that, mm-hmm. and then they will take the payment for the expert out of your I retainers. I rarely see
1: that your attorney's contract will pay for it. More what happens is like you have with the Rachel Brown case and um with high dollar attorneys are just kind of the standard is your attorney may guide you to the proper expert but you're going to pay that expert directly Mm -hmm. they're your expert they are just someone your attorney is going to suggest to you this is why you need an expert and i'm going to and it's up to you whether or not you want to pay for it you can't make your client Mm -hmm. pay for an expert but you can tell them why it's important and and kind of give them the lay of the land on if you don't have an expert, like a case that we just went to trial with, then you may not be able to bring information forward about the case um, to present to the jury what the actual law is. For example, let's just talk about medical. It wasn't the case that I had. But you're going to need a, uh, if there was a a problem with the operation and a heart surgeon was the one that did it, and they sue everybody. They sue the anesthesiologist, the heart surgeon, the nurses, the hospital, everybody's gotten sued, everybody with deep pockets. Um, But you're going to need an expert that is contrary to the actual Heart surgeon, depending on which side you're representing. Let's say you represent the injured party. Mm -hmm. You're going to need a heart surgeon that says, that doctor made a mistake. What if that doctor didn't make a mistake? What if you just have an expert that wants to make some money, and Mm -hmm. once they get into it, or maybe they didn't have enough facts, and they found out they didn't make a mistake. Well, you can't now not, you can't ask for money back from your expert because they didn't know. Uh, What if they decide that the heart surgeon did everything right? Now they flip sides, and you paid for them. They haven't even helped you. Maybe this client that you're representing was of such ill health that that they shouldn't have had the operation at all, and it wasn't the. It may have been the heart surgeon for saying to have the operation, but it may have been something. Uh, something else came up. The, there was a previous operation that wasn't disclosed. Whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. it may be that you paid your expert, and it may be not be the case at all. But in the case that we recently had, or mm-hmm. that I had, that you were you were sort of observing for me when we picked mm-hmm. the jury and what have you. Um, uh, We needed to have an expert because we did not get to bring in some information about a real estate deal without a a real estate expert coming forward and explaining the law to the jury because that's the only way the jury was going to learn it. That's kind of where we're at.
0: Mm-hmm. You, and so, you know, having said all of that, I think what you just described is that if you, in your case, if you need an expert, you need to give yourself time to find the right one. Right. You can't start at the last minute. You can't wait for
1: that designation of expert deadline to be right there and say, or it, it could be either the, the attorney should have given you your docket control order, or let you give it, given you some time for it. But you should be communicating with your attorney to determine when... That is due. Mm-hmm. And if you're dragging your feet because you don't want to spend the money on an expert, which is what I always encourage. Well, and
0: the problem is the attorney waits. And then when the attorney knows it's time to really start, then the client starts dragging their feet. Because they don't want to pony up with the money. <clears throat> yeah. And they're like, but
1: uh, I, I, this is this is kind of the dialogue. Um <clears throat> Oh, we need a, when you first we need an expert. Oh well, can you find me one? Yes, here's a list of a hundred. It's going to be a five thousand dollar retainer or a ten thousand dollar retainer, whatever the expert wants. It may be that you may be able to negotiate with them. Oh, and then the, the the client says, Oh no no, I've got lots of friends that can do that. They're experts in that area. I can find it. So you wait and you wait and they don't give it to you. And you wait and you're like, Look, I need an expert. Then you get the then they don't give you one or the one they give you is completely disqual- not unqualified or disqualified. And you're like, Okay, we really need an expert, but you told me you would help me, and mm-hmm. then they laid on. And it's like, no, 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 no. I've been, and then you have to get reel it back in again. You keep everything kind of on the, you know, the, 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 a nice kind of civil level. No, you need an expert. And I'm giving you the opportunity to pay the one that I'm suggesting. They're all, it's just like when you buy a house you You want to get someone to inspect the house, but the real estate agent can't tell you who to use. They can only make suggestions or there's a bias. And so you give them a list, but they always shy away from the money. or once they finally use the person that you give them, they want to they want to they, they believe that they're going to win the case because they put this money right, out right. and you haven't been paid, but they don't want to pay the expert. And then you know, hey guys, out there, all clients or potential clients. These days, you can use PayPal. You can use credit. Uh, Experts can be paid. You can work out a payment plan. Mm -hmm. But do not wait until the last minute and then, you know, cry me a river because you don't have an expert. And then you can't lay it on your attorney. But I will say this. If your attorney has not given you the expert that you need and the opportunity to choose from a pool of them, um, then the attorney's at fault, too. Um, If you miss your expert deadline without question, uh, you if maybe by just a few days, you want to... Uh, request leave of court to put your expert in. More than likely, the judge is going to allow you to have put the expert in if you're a few months out and you're just a few days missing for one reason or other. Stuff like that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. So um, don't think, oh, woe is me. You know, my, I don't have an expert. No, um, as a good attorney or somebody that needs one, or if you're watching your own case, know that if you need an expert, then you need to get you need to be looking for it upfront, timely. Um, You know, expect it to cost some money. This is not free. Experts, just like you and me and anybody else out there, like Mm -hmm. uh, our station manager, Dick, he was an expert on a radio station case. Mm -hmm. Um, It's their time, too. You shouldn't expect them to do anything for free. Um, time is money.
0: You know, Tony, talk about this. We've talked about this before, that some clients or just individuals out there are under the impression that you can designate an expert without a retainer. Mm-hmm. And I mean, sometimes if you're friends with that person or whatever, I they'll it allow I do my you...
1: clients all the time. And it really, it's not fair to the person that I designate. It's because.
0: Well, you told me about a case you had one time where you did that mm-hmm. and the expert. Was very upset.
1: Oh, no. Well, in that case, what happened was, and they had a right to be upset to the extent that I was referred to this expert by another. Uh, DWI attorney and had spoken briefly with the expert was under the impression that she was on board I listed her as an expert mm-hmm. and then gave her a copy of it well she didn't pay attention to any of that and then when I went to go talk to the, the DA the DA said well have you met this person I'm like yeah, yeah they're an expert well she didn't know she wasn't paying attention she didn't know I designated her and she was offended she's like you didn't pay me you didn't retain me Mm -hmm. we have no contract Mm -hmm. but my understanding was that i had retained her and Mm -hmm. we had talked and everything was fine so um so the bottom line is you better have an agreement and generally it should not be oral it should be a written agreement Mm -hmm. and there is a price per hour and uh what what i what i usually encounter is not you know, a friend of a friend. I usually like to get my experts by referral because mm-hmm. they're good experts, and mm-hmm. they I know they've done well in court before, and I can I can usually read what they've done and see what kind of experts they are, how they they present, and that kind of thing. But what happens is a lot of times I will, um, uh, well, not <laughs> this is a lot of times, and it's not it's not because it's what I want to. It's because I get in a bind, and I'm trying to be good to my clients and i'm not being as good to my experts they're my friends these 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 experts are my friends and are they're the friends of the clients and everyone thinks oh kumbaya i'm just we're just talking that's not the real world time is money every minute counts no kidding you can't be like um uh, you're my expert and we're just going to go to lunch that lunch is going to cost you they're not your your friend you're expert at this point mm-hmm. if if they're your friend maybe a relative or something and they're helping you that's one thing and even then they're giving up their time so you have to approach an expert as though this is business like a mechanic for your car mm-hmm. they're your friends but they're charging you not be shocked and dismayed when you get a bill from them because they're doing your favor this is time out of their life so there has to be a pretty good understanding of a lot of things when you get an expert what you need them for are they the right expert for it so you're not going to be charged generally if it's a consultation to find out if they're the expert you need and then what if you find out i just had this happen to me i said these people said no no no. i've got an expert i want to pay an expert and they, they give me the expert and they give me the resume and everything i'm like great then i find out that their expert had been um their license had been revoked they weren't they they weren't even practicing what they were supposed to be an expert for how is that going to look to the jury this person is supposed to be an expert and yeah stuff happens you know in people's life they may be a really good expert but i think that if the other side's got a state appointed you know, witness that is, you know, that's got the graces of, you know, the state and the governor and the president and all set. The jury is going to believe them over they're going to believe uh, your, your expert that's been, their license been revoked on whatever their field is. So,
0: um, oh so this
1: is what I, you get. It's this like they, was the expert they gave yes. you? Yes. And I'm like, I could have gotten you an expert, but they didn't want to pony up the money. Right. And so it's like, you know, you get what you pay for just because I'm helping you. And then they always say when they haven't paid their bill or whatever, you're my guardian angel. I'm like, I'm not your guardian. An angel believe me i'm no angel yeah uh, you know as much as i hope to go to heaven and someday be a saint like anybody else that makes it to heaven uh, that's a long time coming i expect to live another 50 or 60 years do that 110 and um and i, I do the, good i do the best that i can but um this is business for them too and and when when your client relies upon you solely to to get them out of the the, the, the what they got into you're a plumber So to speak, Mm -hmm. just like your client right now, Mm -hmm. they've hired you and you're trying to dig them out of a mess. Mm -hmm. Maybe it wasn't their fault they're in that mess, but more than likely they had they had some part in it. Mm -hmm. Your case that you're referring to just now, this this client um, got into a, a, a partnership, so to speak, even though it was a corporation, got into business with her husband and a good friend. Mm-hmm. that wasn't your fault she no. chose those people yeah okay and so now she's expecting you to dig her out of the, the ditch here, mm-hmm. here or whatever and uh, to do some plumbing to clean out the mess that she's made and um you're doing the very best you can to find the best expert you can and the best and to guide this person mm-hmm. and it all goes back to the core of she got herself into this Right. Right. Okay. So back on track on experts. I didn't mean to go off on a tangent like that, but it, 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 I think it's important that you don't hear this, you don't read this. That that your expert is somebody really the best expert you can get, maybe the best bang for your buck in a in a case. On the other hand, it may not be. You may be able to use the other side's expert because their expert as as highly awarded and declarated as they may be the facts just may not be on their side and we're going to talk about that a little bit too expert uh uh flipping is what it's called switching side switching
0: yeah i think that's interesting well okay so just a few uh pointers here when not to hire an expert witness when you don't need one Mm -hmm. when uh all that um is is relied on by the trier of fact, which is the jury or the judge if it's a bench trial, are commonly known things in in a, um, in the community and in a person's thinking. But if you require an expert, we talked about that mm-hmm. before, medical experts, uh, this case that I'm talking about, the breach of fiduciary duty. You wouldn't even think sometimes you would need an expert I in know. these fields. But now... But these days, you do.
1: Um, I think back in the time of Lincoln, there probably didn't need a lot of experts because everything was... I mean, Lincoln didn't even go to law school. He just interned. We're talking about Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) Are you kidding? Yeah, he interned. He didn't go to law school. And he interned and became an an attorney. And that was like what Kim Kardashian was trying to do. I don't know how she's going to do it with Kanye on the the Bible Belt track and with all those kids and what have you, but um, in California... You can become an attorney by interning
0: for a lawyer for three years. You don't have to go to law school. So, um, wow, yeah, things I mean, I know they have a change. Yeah, they Mm -hmm. sure have. Okay, so, uh, picking the right expert, uh, focus on the background and credentials. I think you've really covered that. Mm -hmm. Uh, waiting too long to hire an expert. Um, one of the worst things if you wait too long is is, uh, that. When you're, you know, three months out from trial, you'll get an expert tell you you really don't have a case. This person, <laughs> exactly, be, yeah, and
1: that that is you kind of touched to on, on that. Um, mm-hmm. um, it is a a well chosen expert provides to a case. Um, well, I the benefits a well chosen expert provides to a case aren't all apparent at first glance, and um, uh, an expert is important. Because they may be able to tell you, maybe too far down the pike, mm-hmm. um, whether or not you actually have a case. And that's why selecting the right expert is vital. If you get a bad expert, they may be dragging you along. And then you find out from maybe their expert, the other sides that you didn't have a case at all. Because something's going to come up. So that's really, really important. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as expert witnesses, they can also be intermediaries, with, uh, intermediaries within the case. And whether or not you want to find out if you want to settle this thing. Because... Um, uh, you want to, uh, uh, an expert witness who stands, uh, who, who takes a stand, has grounded his or her opinion in specialized knowledge backed by a standard that can be evaluated independently of that particular expert. And as a result, expert witnesses bring a sense of objectivity and consideration to the court proceedings that can play well with juries as well as your own client. Because you, we're just attorneys; we don't, we're not an expert in all these different fields. Right. And the the the, uh, the law is changing. And the technology is changing all the time. So how are we supposed to know this until we get an expert to tell us about that, you know, nanobite or like, you know, bleaching stuff? Uh, uh, for an example, and I'm just going to throw this in here. I have a, uh, a case right now that I <laughs> I did not know this. And I didn't need an expert, but I guess because we're not going forward because it was expert enough when I heard this. Um, I, I am doing a criminal case where my guy was accused of, um, of going into uh, uh, cars, um, and I'm not going to give away his case or anything, but, but he was falsely accused of, of working on a car and replacing a part that um, at the request of the owner and, because the car wouldn't start. Okay. But what I learned while doing this was that there is a racket. If you leave your car door open. So anybody that thinks, oh, my car's old, you know, the lock's not working or, you know, or maybe your lock thing is your little thing that you click. It doesn't work. Do not do not under any circumstances leave your car door open, people. Okay, I didn't know this because I'm a car door open kind of person. I'm Mm -hmm. like, people are honest at church. They're not going to steal, you know, in the church parking lot or whatever. No, if they can get into your car, they can pop your hood. And if they can pop your hood, they can get to your what's called the computer. It's an engine module. That engine module these days regulates everything, including the theft device. And what people, what these do is it's a kind of a two-step process. Somebody will go into your open car in the church parking lot where you don't think anybody's going to steal from you. And very quickly, this is a fast thing. They go in and they replace this module with one that the controls starting the car. It's that quick. And then they go steal your car. And it's usually in late model cars, 2017s, eighteen, nineteen 19s. Really? And usually GMCs and trucks because those are high dollar. Yeah. They can, they can get rid of the parts. They need the parts now. So your beautiful, cherry red, brand new truck, if you forgot or let your kids borrow your car and they leave the car door open, um, then this module can be changed. And, uh, and, and within, they can steal it almost instantly. And it's almost impossible to prove that the module's been changed. Um, so... That goes to needing an expert witness. I wouldn't have known that.
0: Yeah, no How kidding. How are you going to catch the cr- the criminal? Yeah. You don't know this. Right. Anyway, that goes so to... So that goes to not being within the purview of... Common everyday knowledge. Yeah, you would
1: know. Uh, you and I would know. It as, as female attorneys, you probably are not underneath the hood of a car.
0: I'm not. Uh, you
1: know, uh, every day knowing that these days cars have this computer module that is really easy to change out. Oh wow! And if you leave your car door open, but I wouldn't have known that. And if I had not had a a, a bunch of, of, of uh, clients who are kind of involved in the the criminal area, they those were my experts, the real experts, and they told me this is what you want mm-hmm. to look for. So so I was in the know. Okay. Mm. So anyway, as a result, expert witnesses bring a sense of objectivity, like I was saying, when presented alongside a string of eyewitnesses, which you have in car theft cases, Mm -hmm. and are are in a a case where somebody's in the operating room and maybe they left the the sponge in or whatever, an expert can provide background information, explain scientific principles, and build a conceptual understanding for lay jurors. Because what if leaving the sponge in during the operation wasn't the cause of your problem? You need an expert because, like, the, all, you would think automatically if somebody left the sponge in during an operation, which I was a lot more uh, prevalent than you would think. Oh, I they're, know. They're, I had no idea. But a lot of times, that's not the problem. It's something else. They didn't, if they're, if so busy they left a sponge in, it's something else, and it may be, a, if they have a long operation, it may have been a different uh, uh, medical professional altogether. Often what develops for jurors is a sense that the expert is grounded in reality. If you have the wrong expert, they're not, particularly if the other expert comes in like you see in all these TV shows, and they say, no, exactly the opposite is true, and let me give you the real DNA information. Mm-hmm. Um, he or she is not simply reciting a personal perspective, providing sound explanation as to why the opinion they offer is in accordance with the relevant field at hand in practice of course the expert is stating an opinion a point often worth emphasizing on cross-examination so if their expert's saying something you better have a bigger gun so to speak you don't want to bring a knife to a gunfight you want to bring a gun to a gunfight and if they've got a uh, if you can cut some holes in their expert and your expert may have some information that they don't have then um, on cross-examination you can take this award-winning you know, governor-appointed expert and ditch them and leave them in the dust if you've got a good expert. And they don't have to be the best and well-trained expert. It's have mm-hmm. got the information that's going to win your case. Mm-hmm. By connecting that opinion to relevant general principles, however, the expert builds a bridge between their side's perspective on what happened and the real world in which jurors find themselves so jurors can understand, which also goes toward communication with your expert. If you've got a brainiac who can't communicate with the jury, you're not going to win. Goes with attorneys too. Mm-hmm. You need the commu- It's the jury has got a complete control over your case. The judge maybe have some bias because she knows the attorneys and that kind of thing. But if you get a jury trial, your experts, it's critical that they be able to communicate with that jury, not just be some egghead with the little you know mojo jojo brain thing <laughs> going mm-hmm. back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, the result can be powerfully persuasive testimony that can that has the feel of objective reality. Anyway, kind of stops you in your tracks here, but the reality is you've got... That's so important that you have the right expert. And experts that you think you're paying a lot, they mm-hmm. may not be the right expert. You go into this book and you, you find a... you Here, attorneys have this, you know, pick from the expert. Expert witness book. No. No, no, no. You need to find an expert that is not just a, a professional expert, but somebody that's kept up with their field. Somebody that That's why I like to get referrals. But you also have to keep them within your budget. You may be able to find an expert right out of college that... Wants to do you a favor, but maybe not. Those are and that's when your client can help you. If you're on a tight budget, it could be that your client can do legwork to find the best expert for you and take that out of the legal fees yeah, from trying to find them true. by saying, I'm gonna to go to Rice University and see if they have an expert on this field. I'm gonna to go to University of Houston and see if they have a graduate student that wouldn't mind for a lower rate, uh, that has the credentials and can ask their professors if everything's going on if they can be an expert. But that's why you have to start early too. So, and that
0: takes time all my clients are always trying to save money and they can save
1: money by, and I tell them every time you can do some of the legwork yourself. Mm -hmm. If you go do this and find an Mm -hmm. expert, don't rely upon me, but if they don't, then I'll give them a long list and I've usually tried to qualify them, but they may be very expensive and they may be able to
0: find their own. Right. Okay. So what is the difference between an expert witness and a consultant? Uh, consultants, see, you have consultants in cases Mm -hmm. and you have expert witnesses in cases. Expert witnesses testify. Mm -hmm. Consultants don't. They don't have to be disclosed. They can be secret. Right. Right. And
1: a lot of times you want that consultant because you don't know what the case is going to be. You don't know if you're a winning case. You need to consult, and you got to pay them, too. It's not just, hey, yeah. I'm going to call my buddy over here, yeah. because you may not know anybody in that field. Mm-hmm. So consulting um, expert is uh, expert witness is very, very important, because you may not want to go forward with with that particular witness. That's why you don't want to have a throw-down witness. You don't know what they're going to say. They better be consultant first.
0: Mm-hmm. So what happens next? Well, they can be retained as a consultant, and it's possible that... Uh you they can switch over to a testifying expert witness. Right. Mm-hmm. And expert witnesses can also be switched over to consulting witnesses. I just drafted a contract that had all of that in there. Mm-hmm. If I want So
1: you want to pull them back from being an expert where is
0: disclosed. Maybe something yeah. Maybe they so you, yeah, discovered they, something mm-hmm. that you don't want them to mm-hmm. testify about yeah. and so you pull them. Yeah. But you were gonna talk about uh crossing over and switching sides. Yeah. Yes. Um and there's
1: a couple of different articles on it. I know that I've had some experience with it, but um but it's when and this is uh, like in murder trials and, in, and when I had a, a gun expert and and you're you're basically um, they get up there and you, everything's going well, and then there's some cross-examination and because of experts and they want to be truthfully uh, truthful to the jury and the judge, you're watching your case fall apart before the jury and the judge because they're, they're just honestly answering the, the questions, and so you're going to have to mitigate that. But what happens when that happens? You hope it doesn't happen at the, at the trial mm-hmm. because you want to be able to have that. You want to be able to have to foresee that happening. So, um, so long as there are lawsuits, there will be opposing experts with equally impressive credentials hired to express contrary opinions for the side that brings them to the dance. Okay, mm-hmm. and that's what they're. That if you do have a really good expert, the other side's going to break it down. Mm-hmm. They're going to try to make them look like trash because they are not they're not sh- uh, making your position look good. Okay, um, but what do you do when your opponent discovers that, like most honest experts, yours concedes that there is an on the other hand side to the opinion. So they've kind of neutralized something you pay top dollar for. It's your winning case. You're going forward. This is a smoking gun, hmm. so to speak. It may not even be the gun. That's what was in the murder case was that the gun didn't work. And then it ends up that I couldn't use him because he was saying, well, look, the gun worked perfectly. It's like that is not what my client said. They said it didn't, and um, there was no time to be a new expert. So I had to use their expert sort of side switching, so to speak. Now, uh, because my, their side didn't say the gun didn't work. Mine did to get rid of him i love him to death he was being honest with me Mm -hmm. um uh, suppose your opponent decides that they like your expert's testimony so much that they want to offer it in their case ladies and gentlemen don't take my word for it take the words of the expert retained by the defendants themselves what a beautiful thing that would be. You mm. haven't, I don't know if it happens a lot. You see it on TV a lot. Um, the distinguished doctor whose credentials are so unassailable that they agreed to pay $1,000 an hour for his opinion, and they do charge mm-hmm. up to more than $1,000 an hour. Mm-hmm. And he dutifully came up with the opinion that they happily paid for. Then he conceded that there is an other hand, okay? Mm-hmm. That's bad. Mm-hmm. You don't know what opinion they're gonna write because you waited too long to hire him, and then they come up with an opinion because they're being honest that doesn't really help your case, Mm -hmm. then what do you do? Well, they better be your consultant first, that's for sure. Now, you know that under the federal rules, of procedure, you have no obligation, absent a showing of exceptional circumstances, to disclose the identity, much less the opinions of experts retained in an anticipated litigation who are not expected to be called as witnesses. That's what we just talked about, the consulting Mm -hmm, witnesses. mm -hmm. But what happens once you disclose the expert as a trial witness? Can you take it back? Can you stop your opponent from using that witness by saying that you no longer intend to call them as a witness? Your case management order requires that the parties simultaneously disclose the identities and general subjects of expertise of witnesses with reports to follow 30 days later. So suppose you designate Dr. Who, I love all of these old movies, mm-hmm. but decide not to use him as a witness before filing his expert report. Can your opponent, Mr. What, serve interrogatories to find out what Dr. Who was going to say that got him delisted. Suppose you decide not to call Dr. Who after submitting his report, but after his, dep- and, but before his deposition. These are all things you have to question. We're all, we've all been in this bind to some extent before. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully not your defendants, but I'm giving you a heads up as well as your defendants and, and our station manager, who might one day might need an expert witness. Can your co-defendant miss, I don't know, I did not know what's the name here. Uh, Nevertheless, mm-hmm. compel a deposition. Who's on first? Once a report is filed, the expert belongs to either side. Actually, the answer is far less complicated or amusing than an Abbott Costello sketch. You can change your mind and shield a witness from discovery after disclosure and before a report is tendered. But once an expert's opinion are disclosed, they are fair game and can be used by either side. Which makes very because the expert opinion is filed with the court. Like for an example, medical malpractice, the expert opinion must be filed within 30, with, if there's a 30 day uh, uh, limitations period. Once you disclose them, they have 30 days to file their expert opinion. And if it's not filed, you lose your case. It's absolutely your case is going to be dismissed mm-hmm. if you don't meet that 30-day deadline. So you better know what they're going to say before. I mean, you're, you're, you're playing with fire here. You better have a good expert, and you better consult. And this all has to happen right, maybe before you file the petition, for that matter. Um, the, but the problem is you have, uh, when you file your petition, you may have a two-year statute of limitations on medical malpractice, so you have to file a petition. So you've got to be right. moving pretty quick here. Yeah. The mere revelation of a name of the witness doesn't preclude a change, of course, because the disclosure under the federal rules requires both disclosure of the identity of the witness and an accompanied writing report containing their opinions. But the report is the point of no return. OK, mm-hmm. you can disclose and you can get it right back again. But you, that report is everything. So you're going to like be talking to your witness before this report is rendered. And you're going to be looking at the draft report and asking a lot of questions to your client and to the expert because you don't have the facts. It could be that your expert's got an amazing opinion and he's exactly what you need because your client hasn't given you every fact. Mm-hmm. So you're in, The client may clear it all up for you, and then you're on the road to uh, uh, what? It was, perdition? Uh-huh. <laughs> the road to perdition. Okay. Prior to 2009, the prevailing view was that one could change one's mind at any time. If a designated party with its is disclosed expert as a witness, the witness was magically reconstituted as a consulting expert, immune from discovery. But Judge Frank Easterbrook of the U.S. Court of Appeals in the Seventh Circuit, and it's going to apply here also, Mm and we're in the Fifth Circuit, took the magic out of the equation when he held a witness identified as a testimonial expert is available to either side. Uh, Such a person can't be transformed after the report has been disclosed which we just said. Uh, Now, if it happens to you, be sure to ask for a motion in limine ruling that no mention can be made of who retained the expert. It won't take all the sting out, but it will help it will help you once that, that expert opinion is disclosed. And you may not win it, but it, the judge may, because it's such a bias, allow you not to show that you are the one that retained them. However, if you forget to ask, and I hope you don't, don't assume that the appellate court will fix it. Since courts find it is error, but not reversible error, to allow the opposing party who called the other side's expert to elicit testimony about how the witness was retained. So you're not out of the woods completely, but it's a kind of a mitigating factor for you. So it's a good idea to depose experts after all. Um, I have written in uh, prior uh, 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 cases that I've I've helped some people with about the calculation of taking an opposing expert's deposition, and I've cautioned that you should twice think about doing it since you are far more likely about taking deposition to expand the perp- the permission, um, the original scope of the expert's trial testimony, then you are to learn something useful. Um, so depositions can be helpful. I don't like depositions, as I've told you before, unless mm-hmm. I'm on the other side deposing the other parties' mm-hmm. witnesses and mm-hmm. experts. I don't like my own to be deposed because I don't know what they're going to say yet. Something may come out. so um, I avoid that, I, particularly when the de- deposition is asked for by the opposing side. They pay for the deposition. Mm-hmm. So ask away. Um, if my expert comes Fourth, I usually, you know, and we can go over that on a different, uh, in a different show on how to prepare your expert for a deposition. But I generally do not like. Because you're putting them on the stand, you don't know what they're going to say. Mm-hmm. It's just like what we have right now with the um, impeachment situation with um, President Trump. Right. They don't want to bring more witnesses forth that weren't brought forth by the House right. because they don't know what they're going to say. Right. It's an open, you have no idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, silence is golden. You may mm-hmm. be better off with exactly what you've got, which I believe it's what the Senate's going to do anyway, because the House should have brought all those people. Uh, now, yeah. if they wanted to bring them forward, they should have brought them forward in the House because the House had the burden of proof. Right. It their onus. Um, now um this was not an original thought by me as as with with regard to depositions of experts um uh i I stole it from a Homer classic. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But the possibility of opponents using adverse expert testimony raises a completely new issue. If you think that there is any possibility that you may want to offer testimony from your opponent's expert, then you may want to preserve that testimony in a deposition. Uh, That's why I want to depose the opponent's expert. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why you should be late (laughs) to the last minute to let the people know who their expert is. The court may allow you to go. But if you do miss your designation, your, your deadline then you may not get to use them at all so you can't be playing around with these experts all right an expert is not a party opponent and so um so we're giving you a little bit to what you need to say about experts right and, uh, we'll,
0: we'll continue this what their focus is all about right. yeah let's mm-hmm. ca- let's continue this next week okay mm-hmm. thank you for listening or watching on Facebook we want to remind you to serve God by serving others see you next week guys thank you